1: All right, so now I am really excited to bring to you someone who is referred to me by a friend of mine, Kimberly Overton, who you've heard on Vitality Radio before. And what this next guest of mine is doing, I think, is maybe as needed as anything that we have in this country right now. We need professionals who are willing to look at alternative ways of thinking and taking care of our health. And especially with what we witnessed over the last few years of the craziness and, uh, frankly, horrible care that many people have received uh, during the, we'll say, COVID years, Um, I'm really excited to bring on my next guest. Her name is Melissa Schreibfeder, and she is a registered nurse and runs what is known as the Functional Nurse Academy. Melissa, welcome to Vitality Radio.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here today.
1: It's good to have you. Whenever I hear anything from our mutual friend, uh, Kimberly, uh, that uh, she might be interested in me talking to somebody, I'm always interested in talking to that person. So uh, I was really excited to hear from her about you. So tell us a little bit about yourself first and then what it is you're uh, trying to accomplish with Functional Nurse Academy.
2: Yeah, so I uh, started a uh, private uh, functional medicine practice. It was you, I couldn't get the timing any better. It was like a month before COVID hit. I had a very wow. strong urge to uh, launch my private practice, and um, the reason why I left—I like to tell people—I left the dark side of medicine. But of course, you know, as a nurse, we're all initially conventionally trained. But I um, unfortunately um, had a horrible, horrible um, situation where I got really sick with chronic health issues and autoimmunity and was treated very poorly by the conventional medical system. They basically made everything worse. Um, But that really kind of Woke me up. I started like I healed holistically, started learning more about this, got my training, and it was like a God thing that I felt like I needed to put a practice forth um, that could really help to uh, fill in the deficits of healthcare and actually focus on root causes and get people well. And um, a lot of um, people don't realize that nurses can actually operate in independent practices. We do not, we're not chained to the hospital system. You know, we Mm -hmm. can go out on our own outside of the system and direct pay models and really make a difference. So when I uh, got started, I um, got a few people well, they told everybody, my practice blew up, I got really, really busy. And then when um, all of these just horrible things started occurring in the hospitals, and nurses losing their jobs over mandates and all of these really unethical protocols coming in. I was hearing from nurses frequently because a lot of nurses knew what I was doing, and um, I was getting calls all the time, like, "Okay, Melissa, how do I do what you do?" <laughs> you know. So I decided I was like, you know, there's a need for this um, patients. Want to be be um, they they want to seek um, medical professionals outside of the system. Nurses are not happy, so I decided to take basically my methods, what I use to um, get um, patients well, my resources, my tools, my education, and bundle this all together in a program for nurses to not only train them um, about. Um, functional medicine, how to apply it, but also to train them on how to operate on these, you know, um, low overhead cost concierge practices. So um, I have um, had the Functional Nurse Academy up and running since last October. It's been going. It's been going really well. I just recently got it um, accredited. That way, nurses can use this for their continuing education hours. And um, yeah, but the demand for this is just massive because for for years, nurses have been the um, most trusted profession and that trust has been dwindling because of what has been occurring the past three years in the hospitals. So um, patients tend to, they're kind of losing trust for really anybody working in the confines of this conventional model, but they're maintaining that trust for the healthcare professionals that recognize, hey, this is wrong. I'm going to get out of this and do something else. So there's a tremendous level of trust for the nurses that are working outside of the system
1: awesome that all sounds great now i'm very curious about a couple of things uh because from an outsider's perspective uh not being in the you know medical uh model i guess as it is in this in this country but certainly one who spends a lot of time on vitality radio shooting holes in the medical model, uh, my question would be then, so someone who was kind of brought up in through regular nursing school and and was in the system, uh, you saw most of the issues with it when you yourself became ill and couldn't figure out how to find help. Is that kind of how it went?
2: Well, <clears throat> actually, before I even started nursing school, I was aware that I was <clears throat> going into a corrupt system. But I was aware of how corrupt it is because it's pretty obvious when you, you know, you go into the doctor and it's like, you know, they're trying to push a pill on you for everything, you know, or when you start, um, you know, uh, just in nursing school, you're in clinicals and then you have a patient who's just had a stroke and they're literally feeding them Coke and, you know, chicken nuggets. Like it's kind of like we're, and not letting them go out in the sunshine. So there's a lot of things that are blatantly obvious. And I, I knew from the beginning that big business has a hold on the conventional medical model. However, I went into nursing because I was like, okay, um, the healthcare model has its deficits, but I can make a difference from within. Um, But then um, when I got sick as a, a patient, I started to understand more about these financial incentives, and then also how captured our regulating agencies are, how captured the CDC and the FDA are. And a lot of these guidelines that providers must follow for insurance reimbursement purposes, a lot of those guidelines are not even evidence-based practice. Um, They are uh, influenced by the pharmaceutical companies and other, you know, um, big business, medical equipment, things like that. So, but when I got diagnosed with um, an autoimmune condition, I was told there was nothing I could do about it. This is my new baseline. Um, I'm just going to feel bad. And then I drastically changed my diet, quit quit consuming toxic food, quit rubbing toxic chemicals into my skin, all of these basic dietary and lifestyle changes. And then I saw my antibodies go down by 90%. And then I later learned that, wow, in the medical literature, we actually know that Autoimmune conditions can be triggered by chronic infections. We know that we can get them remission or as dormant as possible. We know the connection that intestinal permeability has on autoimmune activation. However, for some reason, conventional medicine is just not recognizing that because they are just blindly following guidelines and there's not very much thinking outside the box anymore there's not a lot of critical thinking it's kind of like okay what do i need to do um to be able to get reimbursed by the insurance companies and what do i need to do to see my you know 30 patients a day and then you know get home for the day so um, i feel like a lot of providers aren't really um you know, guided by a um, moral compass anymore. It's more about um, following policy and procedures.
1: Rather than treating the patient as an individual, Mm -hmm. they're basically treating everybody as a group. Everybody that has the thing that they're treating is treated with the same medicine, the same protocols. Uh, The standard of care, I believe is what it's called, is that? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, so I, unfortunately. Can you talk to us about standard of care? I think that's something that maybe a lot of people in the general public don't understand. And I'd like to understand it a little bit better from a nurse's perspective. What does that actually mean?
2: Yeah, so standard of care is, um, let me, I'm going to give you an example of a thyroid. Um, so I, I feel like a thyroid, this is probably one of like the most outdated standard of care. Mm-hmm. But basically, um, when we have a dysfunction in the body, we are all bio Somebody's thyroid condition could be caused by an autoimmune condition. Other people could have a thyroid condition because of extreme stress, nutrient deficiencies. Um, there's, a, there's a variety of different causes. Um, But the standard of care, say that somebody is becoming hypothyroid, they only um, recommend certain tests, like a TSH and a T4-free, which um, that is like, those are like tidbits of a complete thyroid panel. So those are markers that won't give us a full picture of what's going on with the thyroid condition, but... That's the standard of care, which is influenced by the American Association of Endocrinology. Well, the American Association of Endocrinology receives a lot of money from the um, pharmaceutical company that produces the thyroid medication called Synthroid, um, also mm-hmm. um, named levothyroxine. But anyway, so it's very minimal testing. And then um instead of looking at any root causes or anything like that it's like okay when your levels get below a certain point then we initiate this type of medication. Um, so with thyroid most of these people are severely severely undertreated so undertreated on their thyroid hormone that they have developed depression and weight gain, um, you know all kinds of like gastrointestinal issues and we know when we have dysfunction in the gut that manifests as systemic dysfunction and we have all these symptoms so instead of being like you know let's go ahead and properly manage your thyroid hormone they then will start prescribing antidepressants and PPIs and all these other things that we know, yes, they're very profitable for the pharmaceutical companies, but they end up leading to worse patient outcomes. Um, so it's basically, you have these very outdated guidelines that um, we pretty much do this for everyone, even though that makes no sense because we're all different, um, that uh, we don't really see these people get better. And that's kind of where... Functional medicine, naturopathic medicine, integrative medicine comes in because we're alternatives that do not follow the standard of care per um, you know, insurance reimbursement guidelines and things like that. We work outside of the model in direct pay. That way, we're able to use um, the most current up-to-date research when it comes to addressing root causes and treatment.
1: Okay, I love that information. I think that's really, really valuable to all of us as potential patients, you know, within the system or making a choice to stay with outside of the system, as Mm -hmm. you said. Yeah. So then let's talk about money. Nobody likes to talk about money when it comes to health. Uh, I think in most cases, people would like to uh, be under the impression anyway that money is not influencing the medical decisions that are being made for them. Uh, but it, we all know that, unfortunately, all of us have to get paid. I mean, I run—I have a radio show and a podcast called Vitality Radio. I sell supplements for a living, and I talk about supplements on my show. So I have a vested interest in what I do, and I try to be as as uh, clear about that as I possibly can. You as a nurse uh, working you know, outside the system, as you say, and being able to call your own shots are still getting paid to do that. And of course, the people inside of the system that are following these standards of care are getting paid to do that. So there's money influencing all of this. But one of the things that I hear when people walk into Vitality Nutrition on a day-in, day-out basis, one of the biggest Concerns or complaints that I hear whenever I make a recommendation to a naturopath, that, you know, so I go to a naturopathic doctor and I pay him cash for every procedure or blood test or whatever that he does with me um, because I believe that I'm actually getting the best care doing that, but it's no fun. Paying cash out of pocket if you have an if you have a great insurance plan. Now I don't have a great insurance plan, so it's no different for me. Uh, but for people who you know who work at a at a company where they've got this great insurance and small co pays and all the other kind of thing, it can be a challenge to say, "Well, I'm going to sacrifice that and I'm going to pay cash up front for this with a you know a concierge service like you're talking about." But my ultimate answer to that is is really pretty simple. I'm curious how you talk about that with people when they're making that financial decision to go a little different way.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. And this was one of the most awkward things when I first got started because when you go from being a nurse in the hospital we are not collecting payment for anything. So it's a bit of a transition going into like being a nurse in private practice. Um, But um, what we're seeing is that for direct pay practices, um, people have the option to use like an HSA, an FSA, like healthcare savings account, financial savings account. And then also things like um, MediShares are becoming more popular because um, it, these are pretty much programs um, where um, I know one is called uh, Samaritan. It's like an alternative to healthcare where people basically pull their money together, and then you get reimbursed for medical Mm -hmm. services. And those types of programs, they actually prefer that their clientele see holistic providers because in the long term, they see better outcomes. So um, how I like to explain this to people, and I think that, um, and, and again, like this is one of the silver linings of COVID is people are starting to see that like, okay, what my doctor is recommending for me makes no sense. And they're starting to become really distrustful. And when you are using your insurance, so um, I like to call insurance companies um, Big Pharma's ugly cousin, (laughs) because yes, they absolutely collude together. Um, Insurance is going to pay for you to be on all types of medications, um, addictive opiates and things like that, instead of paying for things that have been scientifically validated. For an example, we have validated and mapped how acupuncture works in the body to relieve chronic pain. However, it's like far and few between that you will find an insurance company that will actually cover that. So um, they will pay for these very costly uh, medications and procedures and things like that, that we don't end up, don't produce good patient outcomes. So when you look at it like, Um, Okay, you can use your insurance and kind of go down that path. um, Or you can do like a direct pay model where you may have option for like financing and monthly payments and things like that. Whereas when you do direct pay, um, that practitioner is um, going to, they're not going to have their hands tied from you know uh, pharmaceutical interest on, they're not gonna be limited on what testing they can order for you. They're not gonna um, not be allowed to talk about like natural therapies that we know that actually work. So it's very likely that by addressing the root causes and healing the body holistically, getting back to nature as much as possible, that you can reverse complex disease processes that the conventional model says it's impossible, which we know isn't true, but we know that we can easily reverse things like type 2 diabetes, weight loss resistance, autoimmune conditions, um, things like hypertension. So um, you may pay more money up front, but in the long term, you are saving a lot of money because when you think about um, working with a practitioner that's going to be able to reduce your dependency on pharmaceuticals or even completely get you off of pharmaceuticals, get you to the point where you're so healthy that you're able to prevent having surgery and then also preventing things like, death, early disability. I I mean, think about this. Like if you have your, um, you know, yearly salary and you end up having to retire a few years early because you're so sick, how how much money is that? And then you can't put a price on like, pain and suffering you know when people are chronically ill it's like it's like feeling like you're a prisoner in your own body and you're not able to be like physically and mentally present for like your family and your children so you just have to i think it's important to like reframe our perception around healthcare um for me um we do have health insurance but I'm, i kind of tell my husband i'm like why do we even have this like I can't use it for anything it's totally Mm -hmm. worthless um but I also pay out of pocket for my health care because um I'm not getting good health The, the alternatives are just um they're so inadequate it's embarrassing so like for what we've done is um we just prioritize things different like I'll go out um instead of buying like new expensive clothes. I'll go buy things that are like, um, you know, consignment. Like we just kind of like reprioritize things that we do. That way we're able to have more of a budget for our healthcare and for healthy foods and things like that.
1: Yeah, because that really is what it boils down to for a lot of people. Unfortunately, I see it a lot and it, and it's sad, but it is a, it's a perception thing and it's a priority thing. And it is hard if you've, so I, it, I have a hard time from my chair because I grew up weird. I grew up with weird parents that didn't take me to doctors and hospitals and all this stuff. I, the second doctor I ever saw after I was delivered was when I was 16 and rolled my ankle and needed to have it uh, you know, taped up. And so I, we just didn't grow up in that model at all because my parents, like I say, I, I call them weird. I think weird is awesome, but uh, but I definitely think they're a little bit different than the average but for people who've kind of grown up sort of in the system, every time somebody gets sick, you know, rather than educating ourselves and trying to figure it out on our own, uh, we're running to the hospital for an antibiotic or whatever it is, or to the doctor's office for an antibiotic or the 24-hour pediatrician's office or whatever it is, to to shift from that and the $20 copay is, is a challenge for people. But from my chair, what I think is so devastating in the healthcare system in this country is that it feels like a ride that you have a hard time getting off of once you're on it. Take autoimmune disease, like you mentioned, for instance. We have, let's say somebody's diagnosed with RA, rheumatoid arthritis. Which I've had, you know, many people that have come into Vitality telling me about their RA story. You know, they got diagnosed and this is what happened next and this is the drug they're prescribed, and this and, and, and you kind of see how it goes. And what I see is people that just get sicker and not healthier. And that is expensive in ways that money can't talk to at all because the quality of life is so horrible at that point for so many people that it doesn't really matter how much you're spending or not spending. Life isn't particularly fun when you're stuck in an autoimmune uh, crisis for your whole life. I talked to a sweet little girl. She was 10 years old years ago, and I still know her and keep in touch with her and her family a little bit. And she had Crohn's disease at 10 years old, and they put her on multiple different uh, uh, pharmaceuticals for their treatment. But when she was diagnosed, her mom asked the doctor, does she need to change how she eats? And the doctor said, absolutely not. She can still be a little girl. She can still have birthday cake. We'll manage her symptoms with drugs. To me that's a real problem with the medical system and to me says that doctor doesn't have any idea how to treat a patient.
2: Yeah, and it's it's extremely negligent and it just hurts my soul these children dealing with chronic illness like this, especially autoimmune activation, because we know that these immunosuppressant therapies that are the standard of care for these types of conditions can lead to cancer later down the road. And we also know for things like Crohn's disease and RA, Like it is so it is so wrong that we are not screening these people for chronic infections and they're not even doing like a functional stool analysis. I can't tell you how many clients I have had with things like rheumatoid arthritis or the doctors like, well, you're developing R.A. Let's just watch it. And then I look at their gut. And I see that they have very high levels of citrobacter, which is an opportunistic organism that when it's overgrown in the gut, it is a known trigger for RA. And then when we address that, we see these RA markers go down. We see the symptoms dwindle. And um, with physicians, I, I am... Yeah, I'm just like not like making excuses for them anymore, honestly. I, I think a lot of physicians are kind of part of the problem. Um, when we just look at the history of like, look what happened with big tobacco. I mean, they fed doctors a bunch of propaganda and they pushed cigarettes on people. They told pregnant women to smoke cigarettes. And then, yep. then, then we had the same thing happen with like the opiate epidemic. And then we're having that occur right now with these certain experimental um, emergency use authorized shots that physicians Mm -hmm. are being incentivized by certain insurance companies to push on the public, Um, but when we talk about things like nutrition, this is not something that uh, physicians do not have very many, very much training at all in nutrition. And if there is nutrition training, this is training that is also influenced by big business. Um, you know, for an example, um, we had uh, another um, government-related funded study that influenced the food pyramid. And in this fraudulent study, they somehow found out that Lucky Charms were healthier than, you know, eggs. Um, mm. and, and the thing <laughs> is, like... <clears throat> the fact that physicians are not figuring this out is just really sad. I mean, there's this old saying, and it's, it's um, you know, how do you uh, fool an intellectual, you put it in a book. Um, so I'm just seeing a lot of doctors <laughs> that you would what, whatever they um, see on Google, whatever type of pharmaceutical propaganda is handed to them, they just follow. But this is something else like, because um, <clears throat> I'm a nurse, I can't I can't technically diagnose or treat. Um, My clients still need to be established with a primary care physician. Um, But I see that like if my clients are going to these run of the mill conventional docs and I'm kind of teaching them about lifestyle and nutrition and addressing infections and nutrient deficiencies. But then they go to their run of the mill doc and their doctor's like, oh, that's quackery. You can eat whatever you want. Then they have this authority figure in a white coat telling them that that's not gonna work. And for some reason, people are very affected by an authority figure telling them, like if they're trying to make these lifestyle and dietary changes, and then their doctor tells them that it's stupid and it's not gonna work. Um, So that is one thing I really, really work to encourage my clients. Um, Like I have been fortunate enough to find excellent um, primary care providers Usually, nurse practitioners that are working within the system, but they're open-minded. They're whole, they're um, they have a holistic approach. They're willing to learn new things, and yes, they're in the system but they're frustrated with the system and they want their clients to get better. And they're willing to learn about like holistic modalities and nutrition, and they're willing to collaborate with a holistic nurse. So I really work to, you know, refer my clients to those types of providers that are open-minded and willing to learn. Um, but but yeah, like I, I, I am shocked by how many um, just really like wonderful people i've met that they're having horrible outcomes but they just keep going to the same doctor for years and and, and i think that we need to teach people that like you can fire your doctor you know yes. i mean if they're not serving you go, go go somewhere else you know there there are good providers out there still
1: that reminds me of a, a customer that came into Vitality just last week, and he listens to my show, so it'll be interesting to see if he if he remembers this. I'm sure he will. But he said, you know what, Jared, um, my doctor and I today decided to break up, <laughs> and it was over a, a prescription that was not doing this individual good, was doing him more harm, and he felt like he hadn't be, been properly uh, consulted on the potential side effects. And when he was having side effects directly tied to the pharmaceutical, the doctor said, it, it doesn't have anything to do with what you're taking, but he said, I could figure out more about the drug on WebMD than my doctor could tell me. And yet my doctor was the one prescribing the drug. And that's when I decided that this wasn't the doctor that I was going to see anymore. And it's funny, you know, if somebody does a really bad job on your car, you go to a different mechanic, right? If somebody didn't paint your house well, you You don't hire them the next time to paint your house and so on and so on and so on. But we do have this sort of mystique about the white coat that makes us think that we just have to take that authority figure at their word and and we shouldn't shop around necessarily. Um, Before I let you go, I do have a a couple of things that I want to ask. And I think maybe the biggest thing that uh, people are going to want to know now from you is how do they find someone like you? If they're not in the area or do you do telehealth kind of stuff, how do they find someone that believes like you do, who's willing to actually treat them as an individual? Uh, What what does a patient that is in need of the type of services you provide, what do they do?
2: Yeah, good question. So um, with my practice, I am based out of the Nashville, Tennessee area, but I also have a multi-state license. So I'm able to see clients virtually, nationwide. Um, even if somebody wanted um, to work with me, um, say they need lab work, I can send them to their local lab corp. I, if they need functional testing, I could drop ship that to their home. So um, with um, functional medicine and working with like um, a, a licensed professional, um, there are many of us that are in this field who um, can have that um, capacity to, uh, you know, see people outside of their own state lines. So what I would do is, um, so you can ask around in like your social circles, because again, there's a lot of holistic healthcare practitioners, um, but not not everyone and i'm sure you see this in the field too like not everybody is practicing with integrity so i would really recommend getting referrals from friends as well um, if anybody is interested in working with me i'm still um, accepting clients in my practice i'm a big believer before hiring any type of functional um, health care provider that they should be able to get on the phone for free with you and talk to you about what's going on and talk about a tentative plan. So um, you could reach out to my website at um, integrativenursecoaching.com and then also um, I am also working on having a directory of um, Functional Nurse Academy where if um, an individual is looking um, to work with a nurse because um, as nurses we're able to spend more time doing research on these cases, providing coaching and things like that. And we have that um, capability to order labs. So I, um, in the near future, I'm going to have a directory of nurses that I've personally trained, and that's going to be available at um, functionalnurseacademy.com.
1: Fantastic. That's really, really helpful, and we will have the links for those things in our uh, show description uh, on your podcast app, as well as Instagram, Facebook, all of that stuff, so that you can uh, people can find you, Melissa. So I, I we've run a little longer than I expected, but it's been a fascinating conversation, and I think it's one that needs to be had. I want to I want to mention one thing from my experience, generally always working kind of outside of the. The, the normal way of doing things, I guess, as a guy who isn't carrying, you know, health insurance, who's going and, and paying by the treatment, so to speak, for the things that I do. Um, one thing that I find really, really interesting, there's a few things that we have as real advantages now that we didn't have 20 or 30 years ago. One thing we have is the Internet. Right. There is. There are options to learn about these things and become, to some degree, when it makes sense, your own doctor. Uh, educate yourself and 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 treat yourself. Take care of yourself on things that you don't maybe necessarily need to run to a doctor or a nurse for. And, and at least getting educated and then going to someone who's a professional like yourself so that you actually kind of know what you're talking about. It makes it a lot easier to know if they know what they're talking about, right? One of the things that I think we've done in America, and I talk about this on Vitality Radio all the time, is we've basically made a decision, almost a universal decision, that we aren't in charge of our health. Someone else is in charge of our health. And I think that's a mistake, whether you're handing it to a doctor at a hospital or you're handing it to a naturopathic practitioner or a nurse practitioner or an acupuncturist or a guy at a health food store. It doesn't matter. Nobody else should really be the authority on your health. I think you need to be the authority on your health and then get help when you need to from people who are trained to help you. It makes us a much, much better consumer when we do that education process. It's the biggest reason why I do this show. Um, If you know the difference between a fuel injector and a carburetor, you have a better better chance of not getting ripped off at your auto repair guy's shop, right? And so just having that basic knowledge, I think is really valuable. But also there's a lot of really cool options now. I needed an MRI and I was able to Google how I can get an MRI that doesn't cost $3,000 at the hospital. And I found one that's $399 at a local MRI shop, essentially. And then I was able to pay the doctor 50 bucks to uh, look at the MRI for me and give me an idea of kind of what he thought uh, it looked like so that I could then proceed to whatever kind of treatment that I, I needed. And so there's all these options outside of kind of the normal way of doing things if we're willing to open our eyes that can not just save our lives and save our health, but also save money as well. And, and I just wanted to kind of get that off my chest for people that are concerned about that. The last thing I'll ask you before I let you go, Melissa, is just basically, it. Is there anything else that you would say to the average consumer out there, the person listening to this show, that, that advice that you have on trying to seek out the best health care? Yes. So um,
2: I I completely agree what you just said about, you know, when you live in your body every day, you are the expert in your own body. And that like gut feeling that we get, I firmly believe that that intuition comes from God. So um, if you're ever seeing any type of provider, like conventional provider, holistic provider, and they make a recommendation for you, but you just don't feel right about that, it's always okay to question it. And if you're ever working with a provider and they get irritated that you ask them a question or they get kind of um, become like egotistical when you, when you've done your own research, then um, it's, it's, so okay to fire them. And then guys, when you, when you fire a provider, it's not like it's this big scene and you slam the door, You, you just don't go back to them, you know? Right. So, um, but, but yeah, like take your health into your own hands. Also, um, when you're given a diagnosis, um, like, um, you know, an autoimmune condition, even um, cancer, IBS, whatever it is, um, don't identify with that illness because a lot of times um, these illnesses, we're just, when doctors make a diagnosis, they it's like a subset of symptoms. If they make a diagnosis. That way they can put you in the standard of care and match you to the pharmaceuticals. But a lot of times um, these um, quote unquote uh, illnesses that we're diagnosed with, it's just dysfunction in the body that has manifested in this certain way. And um, God has designed our bodies to heal. Um, You know, the body can go back into homeostasis. It's just a matter of giving the body what it needs and taking away from the body what's making us so sick. And that usually is stress, toxins, Crap food. So there's a lot that you can do by um, just being your own doctor. Take your health into your own hands. Um, And if you need to hire a practitioner to kind of walk you through that, um, you know, um, go go with your gut feeling on that. You know, I mean, every now and then we we you, you talk to somebody and you either get a bad vibe from that person or you get a good vibe. So that feeling that you have inside, like those are, those are real feelings or truthful feelings. Lean into that and um, let that guide you forward.
1: I love that. And I love what you said about not identifying as your illness. That is such a trap that I think so many people fall into. I'll always, uh, always, always, always tell people, don't use those I am's in that way. You know, I am depressed, I am anxious, I am bipolar, I am this, I am that, I have this. You know, we experience symptoms and I believe we experience symptoms for a reason. It is to tell our brain that something isn't right in our body. And that's okay, that's actually our body doing exactly what it's supposed to do. It's expressing symptoms of a thing, saying, okay, there's a problem here, you should address this problem. It's not any different from when you hear something strange under the hood of your car, oops, there's a problem, I better run to the mechanic and figure this thing out. But in the body, these symptoms tend to, I think in many cases, be somewhat, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Almost in some ways so scary, that people just want to throw their hands up and say, please get me a professional to take care of this. And instead of doing that, feeling empowered, listening within. We just did an amazing episode uh, with Ali Duzette just a week ago uh, that you can go back and listen to where she talks all about intuitive healing and how to actually pay attention to what your body is telling you. And there's real value in that. And if you're a parent and you're feeling intuitive, things about your child and their health, don't ignore those feelings. All of that is incredibly important. And it's not to say that you shouldn't trust somebody else outside. There are. I have a doctor that I see, a naturopathic doctor who I've learned I can trust, who I believe in, who doesn't shove things down my throat that I disagree with. He's a wonderful, wonderful guy. And occasionally I go to see him, but frankly, most of the time I don't need him because I've educated myself on the things that I need to do. But there's a couple of quick things, and then I promise I'm going to let you go, Melissa. Yeah, you're fine. This is way more exciting of a, of a conversation than I anticipated. I just love, uh, um, I, I love what you're doing. It's so, so important. We need so many more people like you out there, and I, and I greatly appreciate you taking the time with us. But I think you touched on something that's really important too. Just because someone's outside of the system doesn't mean that they are a trustworthy provider. There are a lot of people selling medicine will say whether it's herbs vitamins drugs therapeutic treatments surgeries you name the thing uh, that are out there and like every other industry there are good players and bad players on all sides so if you're looking into a naturopathic person if you're looking into a nurse nurse practitioner if you're looking into someone like melissa definitely do your due diligence have those conversations feel out that provider ask for referrals, find referrals from friends, people that you trust. I think all of that is really, really powerful because frankly, even if someone is doing a good job for someone else, that person may not be the person for you. And so we have to pay attention to that. And I'm so glad that you brought that up as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it's, <clears throat> it's really important that Basically, you jive well with your provider, you know. So you, it's important that you like your provider and that your provider likes you. You actually yes. see better health outcomes when you have built rapport with your provider, and that's one of the reasons why, um, you know. And I, I also went through this, um, not only a patient in conventional medicine, my conventional nightmare, but also I went through this with functional, where like. And, you know, mm-hmm. not every provider, may not be the right provider for you, or maybe that provider just may not be serving you well, but, um, that's one of the reasons with like my experience with functional medicine, I, I had providers that I was paying a lot of money for out of pocket and they were really just trying to push supplements on me for which yes. made me worse. So that's something I always like to warn people about. And that's one of the reasons why I am so adamant about, um, you know, if, if hiring somebody. Like a lot of these practices are set up to where you want to work with a provider. They get you on the phone with like the salesperson for that office. But I think that we need um, to get back to being personable. I think that if you're um, going to be a healthcare provider, um, we should have some type of way where um, the prospective patient can get on the phone with you and make sure that it's a good fit before having to invest funds and that um, service.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think I could I could spend another hour on the show with you. I'm so grateful for what you're doing. Uh, Integrative Nurse Coaching is your website if people want to get in touch with you about care. Is that right? Yes. And then Functional Nurse Academy for people who are nurses who are looking to uh, explore what you're uh, uh, teaching and get uh, maybe into working outside of the model that we, I think many of us consider quite broken at this point. Um, That's where they go. Again, we have links in the show description. Um, I really, Melissa, I honor you for doing what you're doing. It's not always easy breaking away and trying to do your own thing, uh, but uh, it's needed. We have such a need and we all experience that need in ways that we never maybe thought we would over the last few years. So thank you so much for doing what you're doing. And thank you for joining me on Vitality Radio okay so i'm gonna go ahead and wrap up the show i uh am so excited that uh, kimberly reached out and got me in touch with melissa Uh, this was i hopefully a really useful conversation for you as you're trying to figure out the types of care that you're looking for for the various needs that you have. Uh, Please reach out to uh, Melissa if you want to talk to her about what she does. Uh, It's pretty clear to me that she not only knows what she's talking about, but actually has a heart uh, that cares about her patients. So I appreciate you listening to Vitality Radio. If you have questions, you can always call us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662, or check us out at Vitality Nutrition Thank you so much for listening to me. My name is Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio.
0: You've been listening to the Vitality Radio podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you.